Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruning. Joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Uh, wearing brown today, Shay. Is that a yeah? But that's not a bad thing. I'm just rotating sweaters. It's a it's a very fall day here in BR. It's raining. It's kind of cold. So no, this has way more to do with uh, just the mood of the day, not the mood of the program. Yes, yes. My, I mean, my window is wide open. You can't even tell. It's still kind of dark um, outside and raining. So, um, yeah. I mean, LSU got the win on Saturday, as we all know. If y'all watched the uh, reaction podcast, um, fifty-two to thirty-five, good win for LSU. Good win for the program. It's always to beat Florida. And now it is Georgia State week. It is obviously a big week in recruiting. It is a big week on the coaching carousel. Um, a lot of things going on, Shay. So, of course, we have our Monday mailbag where we cover. I mean, I skimmed through it, and we have a lot. We have a lot to cover. So, uh, I'm excited. All right. Let's get rocking. Oh, well, do we need to do any briefing to start? I would say a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, Brian Kelly did come out and say he's making the push for Jaden Daniels to be the Heisman. Uh, he said that he doesn't kind of talk about individual. He has, he shied away, he said across his coaching career of pushing for individual awards. And he's had a lot of guys at Notre Dame, certainly that were up for, you know, wide receiver or, you know, defensive player of the year, offensive lineman, whatever it might be tight end. Uh, and he says he really hasn't ever been that guy to single someone out from the team. But I think his quote was something like, it's my obligation at this point that, I've been a head coach for 30 plus years. I've never seen anything like this. And right now, Jaden Daniels, we've got a story up on the Bengal Tiger. It's uh, free to read um, for anyone who wants to check it out. But uh, I gave my five reasons why Jaden should be uh, the Heisman winner. And it's really just remarkable um, kind of what he's done. Matty B, when you look at the only player in college football to go over 4,000 yards right now, He's the only player ever in college football to go over 12,000 passing yards and 3,000 rushing yards. Obviously got five years of football in him, but so, you know, a lot of quarterbacks have had extended time. That's an unbelievable statistic. Uh, I could go on and on uh, in what he leads the nation in right now. Total offense, passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns for a quarterback, yards per play. I think one of the craziest ones, Matty B, is that he averages over 10 yards a play. So he's averaging a first down every play, which is nuts to think about when he either completes a pass or runs it. So he's carrying the third best odds right now behind Bo Nix and Michael Penix at Washington and, and Bo Nix at Oregon. We'll see what the next two weeks do for that before the regular season ends. And then the other notable thing probably would be that John Emery suffered a torn ACL. He's out for the year. And I guess that's the end of his career. Uh, fifth year guy at LSU who is, been through some hurdles, but finishes with 1,300 all-purpose yards. He's got a natty ring. He went to a couple SEC championships, won one of them. Um, played well behind Ty Davis Price when he was healthy and available. Um, and then this year was one of the backups and ultimately uh, season ends against Florida. So um, well wishes to John Emery on his road, re road to recovery. For sure. Um, Logan Diggs is looks like they're evaluating him. For this week, I wouldn't be. I mean, if it's questionable against Georgia State, I would assume that he's. Uh, yeah, you know, to play him. Push it. Um, the AM game is all that matters right now. And that's what, you know, kind of this, for lack of a better term, I mean, AM and the bowl game is what the season comes down to. Obviously, you lose the Alabama game, 
uh, that was very important and the Ole Miss games. But at this point, you win the, those two games and you get to 10 and three on the year. That's that would be huge. So that's I think yeah, the goals goal is another 10 win season. That's going to put you firmly in the top 15 could crack the top 10 in the season, but we'll see how it all shuffles out and will likely be a top 10 team entering next year if they pull that off. So yeah. um, all that is for the future. The mailbag is now. So and some people were asking me how to subscribe or excuse me, how to submit questions to the mailbag. So if you're a member of the Bengal Tiger, it's only a dollar. Um, and you get access to the entire on three network. It's a steal. But every Monday, Maddie B will post around lunchtime a thread. It's open for a couple hours. Get your questions in and we answer them. We can't leave it open forever or we would be doing a 12 hour stream here where we would answer every question under the sun. So yeah. We every Monday around noon. Yeah. Uh, I opened it today about 1230. The last couple weeks have been around 1230 right after Brian Kelly talks. And um, lift, leave it open for an hour, hour and a half, and we get a ton. So, yeah, thank you to everybody who um, submits questions. But, yeah, look look for it around that time. During the offseason, it'll be kind of fluid. We'll probably give you a heads up uh, whenever, you know, that happens. But that's how it goes during the season, at least. All right. Um, all of the housekeeping out of the way. Let's get it rocking. Um, first person, F at Tiger. Uh, or fat tiger, fat I guess tiger. it would be, uh, which is a creative way of doing it. Um, maybe a first time you ask her here. I don't ever remember that name. I've read his name before. I don't know if he's asked a question. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I don't remember him in the mailbags. Um, but he said, why is one and two still in the field on defense? Um, he's going to be asking here about who? Omar, Omar Spades, Spades and, and Ovia Gofu. Um, I guess some background here. Certainly with Ovia Gofu, his backup, Braden Swinson, is statistically Matty be outperforming him, and it's not close. Then I think the other question is, why isn't Whit Weeks on the field? There has been buzz that Whit Weeks, the true freshman linebacker, is kind of serving a little personal time off here um, after running into some sort of, uh, you know, trouble, but not not big-time trouble. So that was at least the buzz around why he has not been playing at linebacker the past few games when he's at least normally getting some snaps, let alone chipping into the rotation. So I think we almost look, Brian Kelly and them said they love Omar Spates. They trust him. He's a veteran, um, all these things. But I think here recently, there's another reason probably why weeks isn't playing. And um, Brian Kelly hadn't said anything about it, but perhaps we see him out there against Georgia state and then A&M. But I do think the other question is an interesting one. Do you, would you be starting Braden Swinson? Would you be playing him more than Ovi Agofu? Because Agofu started every game. Swinson is way, way more productive. I mean, just 20, yeah, 28 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, five pass breakups, eight quarterback hurries. He forced two fumbles. And then got, and a guy like Agofu, uh, fewer tackles, only one tackle for a loss, only one pass breakup. He did recover a fumble. He's forced to fumble. And then he has three quarterback curries. So yeah, he's not unproductive, but Swinson is more productive. Yeah, yeah. Swinson's been been much better this year. I you know, you don't know why it's taken so long for and Swinson's gotten snaps, even when Ogofu has has been a starter and the go-to guy. But uh against Florida, I have the PFF grades up right now. Um, you know, PFF is is hit or miss. You know, it is what it is. It's just a it's a tool. That's how I use it. But the 
drastic difference in PFF grades here in the Florida game. Kind of tell the tale here. Braden Swenson in 46 snaps had an 88 um, grade on defense, 90 pass rushing grade from PFF. OV in 36 snaps, 51 overall grade, and a 57 uh, grade in pass rush. I mean, Braden Swenson. Well, Ian, you could go look at PFF, but you've sent me the snap counts each week. Uh, you make a good point. OV starts, but Braden plays more. Yes. Yeah. Th- especially in the recent weeks, uh, Braden has become more of a, a, I mean, has gotten a lot more snaps. So they look to him to try to get pass rushes, to try to get um, pressures, and he's done a really good job. So, you know, I assume he's coming back next year. That's something positive uh, you can build with. Yeah. And um, again, uh, Ovi's a vet. He's been around. He's played for Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. They certainly had some faith in him, but it's clear that, especially when they get into passing situations, that they go with Braden and he started yeah. to out snap him. So you're right. That's good news for, uh, for next year. Um, Hunter Fournette, uh, did they have enough dog in him this week? Maddie B. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Hey, they were fighting before the game. John multiple times. There were multiple scuffles during the game. Yeah. Can I also add though? It's very much, apparent to me that florida was looking to instigate all of this like this was this wasn't i mean lsu was was for it obviously but florida every time you looked up in the first quarter they were florida was instigating it to me i i don't think these teams like each other much and i hate that it takes this long to play this game because this happens every year they're john at midfield before the game they're fighting at some point during the game They're taking shoes off and throwing them 40 yards down the field. These two teams don't like each other. We saw it throughout the whole game. They got into multiple tussles. Uh, LSU put out a video clip of the Josh Williams block where he put Derek Wingo on his back, uh, number 15 for Florida. And I didn't notice it the first time. I noticed the block, but Josh Williams was talking smack to Wingo as he was trying to walk off the field. And then Jaden runs up in front of him. It's like, no one even celebrated Malik scoring. It was everyone just immediately went and talked trash to Wingo for getting put on his backside. So I thought this game had more energy than any game I've seen him play all year. Yeah, they just need to play teams that are willing to to fight them. Um, Florida, I mean, you also get a Florida team that has nothing to lose. You know, it's it's a team that obviously saw its season go down the drain last week. Um, so maybe a little frustration boiling over there. I think they don't like each other. Um, I'm cool. I mean, Florida, when Jaden Daniels, what was it? Jaden Daniels got bumped on the side on the Florida sideline a bit early in the game. If all that happens, I mean, yeah, you got to fight them at this point. My problem was when, um, you know, a, a left tackle gets beat, you want the left tackle to turn around and fight the defensive end. That was my initial like question. Like, Hey, you're just going to get a 15 yard penalty. Cause you lost a rep. I don't, but yes, this was great to see. And then he asked, should Heisman voters have to sing Sorry, Miss Jackson to JD5's mom if they don't give him the Heisman, seeing how our Twitter handle is Miss Jackson? Uh, Matty B, is he your Heisman frontrunner? He's mine. Um, it doesn't – look, Bo Nix is the favorite in Vegas right now. And I, he put up four, was a 414 and four touchdowns last week against USC. I mean, USC – it's not a good defense. I don't, I don't They're think terrible defense. Yeah, but I don't think Florida's a great defense either. If we're being fair and equal, like, you know, Florida's not a great defense either. But um, I think in totality, obviously, Jaden Daniels has the numbers. It's not like Bo Nix was his Oregon team is undefeated. I mean, um, they are a very good team and they probably 
should win the Pac-12. Um, but, you know, it's not like this is a Georgia quarterback or a Michigan quarterback putting up these type of numbers. Um, I, I think Jaden Daniels should be the Heisman right now. I think Bo Nix will have a case, but I don't know. 11-1 Bo Nix season against 9-3 and Jaden Daniels season. I mean, I'm taking Jaden Daniels. I um I don't know where I had it. Someone had tweeted it at me, but the um the strength of schedules are uh area. I, and uh, I pointed that out. I pointed that out throughout the season. It's like even <clears throat> halfway through the year when Jay Nails put him numbers and he wasn't in the Heisman conversation. I was like, they've played an incredible schedule. That this. that's when those thirty five hundred that those thirty five to one tickets were floating around. Yes, exactly. So grabbed you one. <laughs> I did. Uh, no, so here, uh, here's the, the strength of schedule. Uh, all of them have played 10 games. For instance, um, some teams played week zero games, like Caleb Williams has played 11 games, but he's not in the Heisman race. So uh, your three leaders, Penix uh, with Washington, Daniels with LSU, Oregon, obviously with uh, Bo Nix. Strength of schedule, um, these are the Sagarin SOS. Uh, LSU 7th, Washington 40th, Oregon 54th. So some some real disparity there. Can, can I also say, I retweeted uh, Parker Fleming uh, at Stats of War on Twitter, does all the graphs and stuff that for CFB graphs, um, like EPA and stuff. Um, somebody asked him about Bo Nix, and I thought he worded it pretty well. For those who have watched Oregon this year and see how dominant their offensive line is, how much they control the game at the line of scrimmage, um, I think his average depth of target is pretty low. Um, but anyways, he said about Bo Nix, um, I'll phrase it like this. Bo Nix is doing exactly what is asked of him in an extremely advantageous situation. Like he's not, this isn't Jaden Daniels is single-handedly putting LSU on his back for games. Like J, Bo Nix has the defense, has the, has, in my opinion, the, probably the best offensive line in the country. I think Oregon's been just dominant up front. Um, and I, I think that that's more impressive to see what Jane Daniels has done this year. Yeah. I have, um, <clears throat> I think you should win it. I uh, could go on and on about why, but I would put Nix ahead of Penix. He would be. I, I agree. Penix, Penix has no run threat either. I think that what Nix and Daniels do as dual threat quarterbacks makes them unique as yeah. even they, they become that more important. They become a very big element to your running game, let alone as a passer. Like Penix doesn't run for anything. Yeah, I agree. I don't have anything else to add. <clears throat> That's it. Matty B's done. Um, Coach K7, do you guys think that part of the fan frustration with the defense is the more read and react style? We've been an attacking and punishing D for so many years. This team doesn't have those human missiles that just blow up plays consistently. Um, Matty B, you do a lot of the film work. I think that I believe what Brian Kelly said today is that you, at, you just don't have the depth and horses that you might normally be used to when you're talking about these great LSU defenses. Like I agree with him. I think like, Harold Perkins is a heat seeking missile. They don't have a lot of Harold Perkins all over the field. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm quickly looking up the Kentucky when Matt house was the DC at Kentucky. Cause those defenses were outrageous, like really, really good. Um, I just don't think they have the players to, I mean, they're not winning the line of scrimmage. They're not like the linebackers. I mean, I, again, I think Penn's been solid this year, but him and Spates aren't either aren't comfortable or aren't good enough right now to get in the backfield. I mean, those Kentucky teams had Josh Allen off the edge, 17 sacks. They were had ridiculous TFL numbers. Um, this team, like Harold Perkins, is not a true defensive end, and so they've played him at nickel. 
I think out of almost necessity and then it just hasn't really worked out. I just, there's a lot, we've talked about this defense at length throughout the season, but I don't think they have anything near the personnel up front in the front seven to be punishing uh, anybody on offense. Yeah. I think it's just going to come down to, excuse me, developing guys and adding more talent and, Kind of just where you're at right now, which is exactly what Brian Kelly said. Uh, he said bonus question uh, about Whit Weeks. He's, he did notice. He said, I saw he was dressed out, but just on the sideline. Again, I, it's. He's been uh, playing special teams. <clears throat> yeah, he just doesn't get in at linebacker yeah. right now. And so that's. I, I think he would be getting in at linebacker if there weren't something going on. So I'm sure he'll be back soon. I've heard it was nothing too crazy at all from yeah. kind of the buzz around the boards. Uh, Go Tigers 5280. Uh, I said, first, I'm not asking you guys to call for House to be fired, but if it's happening, is there any benefit to keeping him on through the season? Does it help in recruiting? I'd rather just see a new aggressive DC and young faces at the very least for the bowl game. I think the tricky part is you probably just have an interim for the bowl game. Even if you hire a new DC, they're not going to come till after their season's over because they most likely are coaching on a team that is good or you would not be hiring that person so i would guess if their coaching changes that interims are taking over those spots for bowl game prep yeah and I they agree. have a lot of analysts on the staff who've been held dc's before pete jenkins. Alone. yeah pete jenkins uh, um, jansen Diaco. i mean there's multiple guys who've been dc's let alone other position coaches so i would go with uh interim there and if there's coaching changes they sort of take the time to make the right hire if Ole Miss loses to State, interim coach, you never know, he said, and LSU wins out with a Heisman winner, do we slide into a New Year's Six? I think that <clears throat> with the New Year's Six, they, like, they have to take the highest-ranked CFB available team. Uh, I think that's what it comes to. Like, you have to be – you're going to need to jump. You're going to have to have some chaos here. Is that not Missouri, too? Uh, Missouri would be right now, yes. Okay. So I, I honestly haven't. I know that, that we've had a couple of threads about like getting into New York's New Year's Six Bowl. Um, it all just is very convoluted. Well, to me. We're recording this on a Monday, Tuesday night. The playoff rankings come out. That's all that matters. Obviously, she's not in the playoffs. But if you're talking New Year's Six Bowl and maybe chaos down the stretch, how high can they climb? Um, they were 15 yeah. in the polls this past week. So 15 to eight people. Yeah. We'll see where uh, where they can climb up to on the college football playoff rankings, which is what matters. And, yes, you would need some chaos. You need anyone in front of you to lose. Missouri, Ole Miss, I guess, realistically, teams like that. Yeah. And they would have to lose multiple games. Uh, still good, Tigers, 52-80. Uh, bonus time, he said. Uh, the argument in my house the last two weeks has been putting up a Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. I'm against it. What's your opinion? So, Maddie B, you're a single man. Are you, do, you, do you decorate the apartment in any sort of way for any season? No, no. <laughs> well, that's not festive. No, it's yeah, wait, wait. I'm not. Fe- you're the one who didn't put anything up for Halloween. So that's not true. It was decked out. It was only though like the week of. I just didn't do it for a month. We had everything. We had it for everything. I just didn't do it yet at the point okay. you were here. So, so what's it, what, it what did get done? You should have seen it. It was spooky as hell over here. Uh-huh. It was a, it was a PG thirteen at minimum. But I am, I did, it's funny you said this. I did think about this yesterday because right now all of our fall stuff's out, but like the Halloween stuff's put away. And 
in my mind, it's like, okay, do we ride the fall stuff here through Thanksgiving, but we're not hosting Thanksgiving. So really fall stuff can come down whenever and Christmas can go up. So now I'm in a waiting game of, do I just go ahead and do it now and get Christmas rolling in mid-November or do I have to wait till after Thanksgiving? Um, yeah, I mean, I I'm in the same spot he is. I thought about this yesterday. I, I thought typically it's just people like doing it right after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is kind of early this year, right? The 23rd, 24th, something like that. So, But then it would need to be immediate because you, you have a lot of Christmas stuff usually. So you have to get it all up. Yes. and then you're only have it up for a month less than that well, maybe at that yeah, point you can ride it through the new year yeah okay so like well, january what is it like well we january? do keep our uh tree up um and then just turn it into a mardi gras tree so smart. that's an easy solution smart keep, just keep it rolling um but i don't know man that my answer i'll i'll let you know what i decide to do maybe i'll have christmas up early keep us up uh seawalk 54 what is the deal with fans leaving at halftime or before the fourth quarter in a one possession game, what's the solution to keep fans engaged? Is it surround sound LED light shows and like Tuscaloosa or something else? I certainly think the in-game experience keeps people gets people there and then could keep them there 100 percent I would not disagree with that take at all. Um, Maddie B, I guess some fans were leaving in the second half of a game that in the third quarter was back and forth. Florida was leading at one point in the third quarter. Yeah. Um I don't know. It almost felt like by the time the fourth quarter hit, it was pretty evident like LSU was about to just mash them. Mm-hmm. And people were like, okay, I'm going to beat traffic. Like, Yeah, it was also a really long game. Not not to bail them out. Game. Maddie B it thought was, the game was over and it was in the third quarter. Dude, I, <laughs> that third quarter took an, at least an hour. That was a very long third quarter. But um, yeah, four-hour game. I, I mean, I said it after the Alabama game. I mean, that experience is oh, just a different level from what Tiger Stadium has. Tiger Stadium relies on the crowd in a way that Alabama's doesn't. And you can say that that's better. You can say that's more natural. You could say it's, you know, more engaging because it's reliant on the fans. But ultimately, if you're a fan, I mean, if you're tired, if it's late, something like that, I don't know. Everybody has their different reasons. Um, you know, they leave and then the quality of the atmosphere goes down. I just, it's a different, it's a different environment. I think they're going to have to do something like similar to what Alabama and a lot of teams do. Personally, though, this question's not for me because I thought it was an awesome environment for especially the first half. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good in the third quarter. Uh, fourth quarter, if you want to argue that it was, you know, dying down, which it was. There were some people leaving, but, I mean, it's still It's just people awesome. trying to get home and beat traffic. That's I just thought it, it was awesome from start to finish for me personally. But the, the upper deck, the upper deck of the – across from the press box, I don't know about above us, but – Across from the press box side, it it was full, and a lot of that's Florida people. But man, that was packed the whole time, almost. Um, yeah, I my my guess here is when it becomes evident LSU's winning or losing, they just beat traffic. I mean, um, if, if look when I covered North Texas, it was like, oh, why are there people in stands? And then I thought I'd come to LSU and that wouldn't be a question. And now it's the same thing. It's like, why aren't there people in stands? I guess that's just how it is for every. The stadiums are too big. These hundred and ten thousand seat stadiums are too big. If LSU had a 65,000 seat stadium that thing would be rocking every weekend and nobody would leave but it's not the case i mean they filled it up they fill uh, the first half you can fill it up but it's uh that's that's the thing that everyone's fighting right now that's why they're doing all these light shows and in get you've got to get people back because if not you can 
now you can watch every game in the world on TV yeah. and you can chill at your house and not fight traffic and not pay for tickets and not do all that. So yes, you have to up the in-game experience and you have to win. People want to see a winner. They want to yeah. go out and watch good football. Yeah. And I'm I, all I'm saying is that first half against Florida was the second loudest. I've heard it in my three years at LSU. Alabama being first. That first half was incredibly loud. My head started hurting. Who is uh, misled alarm 92? Not who is that? Um, here is his. I know who he is from the board, not in real life. Who is better, JD or Joe Burrow? Uh, Joe Burrow's can better. of worms. You taking Joe? I think, taking Joe? Well, I mean, I don't know what it, I mean. Is this like college versus college? It has to be, has really to be college, right? Because overall, Joe Burrow is a better NFL prospect, a better player, like better pass. Like, yeah, NFL wise, it's Joe Burrow. Um, I. I think this would, yeah. I mean, I think Joe Burrow is one of the best players in the NFL right now. I'm not sure Jaden will be yeah. that. I do think Jaden, I've always laughed at that people would be like, Jaden will never make a roster. And then it turned into, well, he would never actually, you know, make a 53 man and get carried all season. Then it turned into, well, he'd never actually start. Like Tommy DeVito and these dudes are starting. Y'all see who starts in the NFL? Like, no, you need to shift it to what kind of career he will have because this guy's about to be a first or second round pick, maybe first. Yeah. And is you're seeing it now. Bryce Young, Ritter got out there, Stroud, you name it. If you can you pick it, you're these new quarterbacks in the league. They draft you, you're going in. Like that's yep. time to play. Let's see what you can do for the team. I uh I think that in those terms, I would come Jaden Daniels is well, he's a much more elusive runner than Joe Burrow is. Joe Burrow is a better passer. There's stat they put up, they put the team on the back and carry them. That's yep. what they both can do in college. In the NFL, I think that Jaden Daniels is Deshaun Watson. And if you want to throw Lamar Jackson in there, I think that at this stage he's a better passer than Lamar. I mean, you said that many times before. It's true. Now Lamar is incredible. I'm not trying to say that Jaden's going to be that in the NFL, but I would say if you're wondering what Jaden is going to be in comparison to Burrow, you can watch Burrow on Sundays now. I would say Jaden's more of a Deshaun Watson with the little bit of a legs of a Lamar. I yeah, I agree. Who's better? I think comes down to um their college football ability. I mean, NFL wise, I'm taking Joe Burrow. Um, I don't think Jane Daniels will have that career. Um, but I think in college, it's actually a really interesting question when you get down to those two. I think it's a fascinating discussion. I don't think I, you, can I don't think, you can't lose. Yeah, I yeah, you can't lose, first of all. But, I mean, both have, were just so incredible, and they're going to have similar statistical offenses, uh, similar talent at receiver, offensive line, or overall running back. I mean, Joe, like if you're splitting hairs, I guess Joe Burrow a little bit in my opinion, but Jaden Daniels' legs is just – it's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. Statistically, the best dual threat quarterback in the history of college football. That's five years of really, really, really consistently good dual threat quarterback play. Yeah. So it's crazy. Hey, it's been fun to watch both. A lot of years of bad quarterback play. Hey, if he, no. Well, I was going to say, if he wins the Heisman, people want the Joe Burrow statue. We got a Jane Daniel statue too. Yeah. And just give them both to him. That'll piss some people off. People, people don't Jayden, like that. Jaden and Nuss were hitting the Heisman this weekend. They were hitting the dance. See that? Yes, I did. I was, yeah. yeah. Love it. It went viral. Um, 
Capital City Tiger, thoughts on how Swenson and Tuviato looked against UF? We talked about Swenson already. We thought he's been excellent, really, for a while now. Um, but I told you after the game, I thought Tuviano played pretty well. He was second on the team in tackles. He picked up that fumble. There was no point where Florida guys were just like running wide open. It was like, where, how'd that happen? And it was like, oh, Toviano didn't know his assignment or got burnt. Like none of that ever happened. Yeah. Um, I thought he was fine. Uh, I like, I thought Sage got beat on that one route on that one third down. But overall, I thought him and Sage kind of just played to what they do well. And I don't think Florida, Florida was not an offense that was looking to exploit them deep. And I said that multiple times throughout the week it's like florida very much is looking for underneath stuff graham mertz's high completion percentage um that's good because it didn't really challenge the corners in terms of um vertical routes but it was challenging for them in a tackling perspective and you know brian kelly after the game said we still expect those young guys to be better tacklers like that we're not going to let up on that they need to tackle better all that stuff so um overall I thought they played fine. Tackling is going to be big for the lights of Ryan Yates and Jordan Allen and JV and Tobiano and all these young guys, all these young DBs. So that way what happened this year is not a consistent, um, you know, shortcoming of this defense. And Ricky Pearsall eats up a lot of guys. So yes. white boy, you see, and you see after the game, Jane Daniels and, and white boy, Rick part two were uh, out there doing, their old school dap it up handshake. Uh, imagine the Arizona State days where Daniels had him and then he had, he had Pearsall, he had Brandon Ayuk at one time. Yeah. Um, he had, and now he gets Malik and Brian Thomas. Daniels has been rolling around with some future NFL studs. He's, he's put up numbers. He put up numbers when he was at Arizona State. Don't forget, guys. It was the last year was arguably Jane Daniels' worst year of his career. Like, like this, he was he was a baller at Arizona State, too. So, uh, yeah, and Ricky Pearsall had a, uh, a good game. He's had a good, good year for Florida, uh, really. But I, uh, I'm curious now that I say that, too, uh, what his Arizona State stats looked like for those years. Because he's from Arizona. He was a big-time player coming out of high school uh, at Chandler and ended up uh, staying in state, going to ASU. And then, as many did uh, in the Herm Edwards era, transferred out and landed with an SEC school. He had um, – Gosh, he's been tearing it up this year. He's about to hit 1,000 yards. Let's see. Uh, let's try uh, 21. That would have been Jaden's uh, last year. Oh, yeah, 500 yards that year, 44 catches, four touchdowns. So he was a guy that was getting in the mix with Jaden out there uh, in Arizona back in the day at ASU. Yeah. Um, he also, Capital City, asked, do you think BK should send a message to fans and students to stay longer at games? It's embarrassing seeing the student section. The 100 is only half full in the third quarter against a big rival. Again, it's it, the students have been really good. I thought the past two years, thought, like being at I, games and staying. The th Maddie B's thought here is that third quarter drug out so long, and that by the end of it, it was like okay, LSU's probably going to win, and people just started rolling out. I mean, that's where I was. If I was if I was a student, I would, yeah, I would be like, it's still the third quarter here. What what is happening? <laughs> And then BK sent an email to me about, or I said some message and I was a student and it was like, you need to come and stay the whole time. I wouldn't listen. I'd be like, wait, what? Do what? Do whatever <laughs> I want to do. Not on the team. No. Um, when, when, look, if you, the more, if that, if LSU was 10 and 0 right now and they were playing for or nine and 0 and they were playing Florida, it would have been packed the whole time. You're seven and three and you're going to be clearly winning at the end. But look, yeah, shout I mean, out to everyone who stayed. Like literally fans, 
I mean, not fans. I mean, people on our, our board, fans in general, have been frustrated with how the season's gone, right? So I think we should praise the fact that it was a sellout, the fact that it was full for the entire first half, and in my opinion, you know, a majority of the third quarter, for a team that's not winning a championship, for a team that's not making the playoff, for a team that's not making the SEC title game. Like, if y'all are all saying it's a disappointing season, well, then why are we getting mad that it's not 102,000 for four quarters against Florida, a team who's not even going to make a bowl game? Correct. Correct. Um, and then he asked, JD5 uh, may have a bigger impact on this team than Burrow did on 2019, which actually had a defense. Isn't it wild to even consider that? Um, I'd say it's, yeah, like Burrow is that P. I mean, he's the number one pick. He's one of the best young, best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Like, yeah. Yeah, you put him on that team with all that talent, and they nobody can, they just crushed everyone, and that's what it was. <clears throat> but still, this like this team without Daniels last year, especially now, let alone this year, you're like, struggling to get to 500 a year ago. This year, I don't know what your record would be, um, but probably not seven and three. Be worse than that. It's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because like. They, I mean, how many close wins? The only close wins they ever won Missouri and I guess Florida. Am I missing one? That's well, it, they right? blew out state and they blew, blew out everybody else. Blew out Auburn. So, you know, oh, I think Arkansas. maybe. Oh, Arkansas. Yeah, I forgot about Arkansas. So yeah, maybe they lose a couple of them if uh, Nuss is the quarterback. Even though I still thoroughly believe in Nuss, even though everybody seems to hate him now. So that's good. You have the whole career arc of Nuss right there, going like he's the future, he's the future, and then he's not any good after what five snaps against Alabama. So. Where he didn't play poorly, um, but yes, it dying. is crazy. To th- it is. It's just crazy to think coming from LSU perspective, where you went through the Les Miles era and a lot of years of football, where you never had an offense but had a defense, and now you've got two of the best defenses in college or offense in college football history rolling through in the span of four or five years. It, it's absolutely wild, and and both spearheaded by really really great quarterbacks. Um, Cairo Tiger, Georgia State's a G5 team, but still a six-win team. How many points can we see them put up on LSU? You're not feeling it, Matty B. Probably, probably taking the under again. I look this defense, Madhouse, routinely of the past two years against G5 offenses, against bad P5 offenses, has completely shut them down. This is this is why I told y'all. Remember when I said take the under? um against uh what was it army like under 13 like that was obvious i mean uab last year new mexico last year uh you go down the list mississippi state this year you auburn this year it's um you know they don't typically let teams score more than like 14 so i'd be shocked if if georgia state came in and scored more than 14 i think they probably score six or seven i could see them getting the double digits but it won't be they're putting 20 plus on lsu no, not happening. So I would expect it to be well under that. I uh, also will say he asked about the – he goes, do you expect a competitive A&M game given uh, it looks like they'll be out without Max Johnson that game? Obviously, Max used to be the quarterback at LSU. Um, hey, I will say that uh, their, what, third-string quarterback who had <clears> – excuse me, never – started a game anywhere at I think I can't even remember where he came from maybe like New Mexico State or somewhere like that um but uh Jalen Henderson went uh and had a really good game um rushed the ball for 60 yards scored twice 
11 for 19 passing for uh, 150, had a couple touchdowns, and they beat, before firing Jimbo, and before Arnett got fired, both head coaches in this game got fired, uh, but they win 51 to 10. So they'll be playing a little bit of a dual threat quarterback that game, even without Max Johnson. A&M's got talent. They'll be, they've got that interim coach, you know, kind of vibe probably ready to get going. They all love Elijah Robinson. They'll be up for that game, but it's at LSU. You've got Jaden Daniels. I'm banking on the Tigers. Yeah. I, I think they win that one by double digits. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know what the spread's going to be is what I should say. So like, I don't know how big it's going to, it's going to be like a 17 half point spread. Then I would be kind of hesitant to say they cover that, but yeah, I think double digits is, is probably safe. You know, it's just AM. AM games are weird. AM games are weird, but I do. They should win. Yes. They should certainly win. Um, and I think they do. Mason Cox, what does JD5 have to do <clears throat> to gain the national recognition he deserves? It feels like it's been said that the Heisman is a popularity contest. I think, really, look, you can campaign. LSU's putting up billboards and campaigning. Um, I saw some numbers shared by Cody Warsham at LSU where Jaden was being talked about on social media across all the platforms way more than Michael Penix or Bo Nix was. So, like, I think the rhetoric of Jaden not getting the love isn't really true. I think everyone's actually talking about him because it's like, whoa, how's this dude third in the race? But he's got by far the best stats. And the answer is they've lost three games. These other two are in contention for a conference championship and a potential spot in the playoffs and have two quarterbacks in Knicks and Pinnocks that are playing um, extremely well this season. Matty B, I'll say this, though, because I put it in my story this morning, that three lost quarterbacks have won before. Um, Most recently, it would be RG3 did it when he was at Baylor. Um, Lamar Jackson did it when he was at Louisville. And the third from here recently was Kiba, who did it at Florida. So all those teams were nine and three. LSU's got a chance to finish nine and three. And then even in the 80s uh, to the 2000s, so you had that 20-year stretch uh, where a lot of guys with three losses uh, won it. Bo Jackson did, Ricky Williams, Tim Brown uh, when he was at Notre Dame, Marcus Allen obviously at USC, uh, all the way back to George Rogers at South Carolina in the early 80s. So the narrative that a three-loss quarterback can't win, it's been disproven. It just hasn't happened. It's only happened three times in the past 20 years. The problem is, and I just looked this up, so this is fresh, and someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I'm reading this right. Heisman voting deadline is December 4th. Correct. That before, is after. Before championships. Is it after or before the, the conference championship games? Uh, they say that typically, I've seen articles and stuff that like, it might be that Sunday, but that like ninety percent of voters have their votes in before okay. that weekend. Okay, because I, I that that's after, if I read this right, that's after the Pac-12 championship game, which in theory. Nope. Yeah, perhaps if it's Knicks, if it's those two guys in a game versus Daniels, who's not playing in a game, that maybe people do wait. That's and just yeah. see what happens in the game. That's and my vote. concern, and I think that's why. Like that would make sense why the why Vegas has Knicks as the favorite because Oregon's supposed to win that game, right? It's supposed to be like four or five point favorites. If Knicks wins that game with four hundred yards, four touchdowns, no picks, and you're now going to the playoff at twelve and one, then on I a day that Daniels doesn't play a football, and game. on day on a day Daniels doesn't play, 
that's going to be the difference. I've seen I've seen stories before that a lot of people had their votes in before those games start. Yeah. Okay, so, so that, that's all. I don't know well enough how all that plays out, but that was my concern. Um, and look, Daniels has to finish strong these final two games. They have to win them both. So he has to put up undeniable numbers. Like yes. he has to. It can't be. It can't be close. He's doing it right now. Yes, he is right now. He needs two more games of this, and they need to let him play through at least three quarters of Georgia State. Uh, Mason Cox also said, "Do you think Jaden?" Uh, he said he hadn't seen him in his, a second, even a second rounder in many mocks. Do you think that changes? I think Jaden will be a first round, first first round pick, if not definitely second. Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I was looking at it. I was just looking at random sites. I just typed in mock draft and started clicking. Um, thirty third team has him going twenty sixth to the Seahawks, and Tankathon has him going forty seventh to the Raiders. Okay. I'm I'm cool. There are so many teams in the NFL. Teams like quarterbacks so teams. end up taking five or six of them in the first round. I mean, we see yeah. it every year. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Bo Nix, obviously, uh, J.J. McCarthy, I guess, Michael Penix, of course. Then you have the top two, obviously, May and Williams. But, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Bourbon and Cheerios. Guys, long-time listener, first-time caller. It's always great to have those. Uh, oh, he's calling from Vegas today. Um, love the show. Thanks for taking my questions. He's only got three and he made time for us. He even structured it nicely. One, two, three. He must not be um, too inebriated out in Vegas right now. He's, this is actually very well written. Uh, one, how insane is it for an offense to only have one third down play in an entire half? Matty B, speak on it. That was your stat you saw. Yeah, I mean, like I said, at halftime, they were one of five on third downs. And I was like, that's the only thing keeping this game close. They end the game two of six on third down, so one of one, and it was just explosive plays. It was great first down offense. I mean, it wasn't a it was a clinic of how to run an offense when you have the amount of weapons LSU has and you have the quarterback LSU has. So that was it is insane. They had six possessions in the second half. They scored touchdowns on five of them, and on the six five and on the sixth one, they kneeled out the game and the win. Yep. So it was an incredible second half of football. On the offensive side, uh, he said, "At this point, does Baby Goat deserve two Heisman's for this season?" Matty B, we're we're trying to get him one right now. It sounds like two. Can he play defensive back? I I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, "How would Jaden, if you gave him a month to prepare, play DB?" I think he can maybe play some defensive back for this team. Then he would get two to me. I would give him two. There you go. Uh, and last question: What is the earliest socially acceptable time to cut your lawn on the weekend? Nine. Nine. Is that too early? No, I'm going eight. You can't mow your lawn at eight o'clock. I am asleep at eight o'clock on. A you Saturday. are. Well, actually, the rest yeah, that's not of the true. World is up. Okay, I'm okay on Saturday. I'm awake, but Sunday I might still be asleep. And if I hear you mowing the lawn at eight a.m., I'm gonna throw something at you. I'm going eight a.m. You're crazy. And it gets light early now, so people are naturally up maybe a little earlier on the weekend. Okay, so maybe I'll give it a little after eight on the weekend. On a weekday, I think that eight you can be cutting grass. Oh, weekday it doesn't matter. Yeah, weekday you can. But he said weekend. You're not out there by like five or something. Okay, I'll say I I can bend on nine. I could wait till nine. Nine o'clock on Sunday. That only, yeah, 
Mm. Well, Saturday, I don't care. I'm, I'm open anyways on Saturday. That's football. I don't know. That's a tough one. This is like the uh, Christmas before Thanksgiving. I don't know. but I gave my answer. 9 o'clock, eat the day. My neighbors always have their yards cut, me as well in the afternoons anyway, so I don't run into this issue. Uh, Northern Tiger, 29. Guys, two-parter, Jaden. Is Jaden ever going to be seen by as the Heisman favorite, or will he sit two to four in the odds until the end, and then you have to hope for the upset? You need Washington or Oregon to lose if that's going to be the case. Okay. So you're you're saying coming down to that championship weekend or needing that to happen before. Yeah. Um, Oregon plays Arizona State, which will be a win, and then Oregon State in their last game, which we'll see. But, um, yeah, ideally, ideally, I don't know what Washington's – let me pull up Washington's schedule real, real quick. Um Washington. There is no one anymore in everyone's in plus money right now for reference. Bo Nix is plus one something, and Penix and Daniels are both plus three something. I mean, Washington has Oregon State on the road, and then Washington State at home the last two games. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they dropped one of those games uh, with how they've been playing. I mean, they just haven't been super impressive, obviously. But if they lose a game, and then maybe they go beat Oregon the conference title game, that would that would I think that would put Jaden Daniels first place in the Heisman. Get it so you get a you get a loss out of both guys and then exactly maybe a little poor play and we'll see or, what happens. Or maybe they just play badly. I don't know. Yeah, or maybe they play poorly. Um, which other players do you see winning awards or being named all conference all American? If so, who and what awards teams would you predict? That's I think the one lot. we're all watching is Blitnikoff, right? Yeah, I mean Blitnikoff's won. Malik Neighbors or I think Marvin Harrison probably went to even you know, if Malik that's Malik Haber, Neighbors has better numbers. Brian Thomas has almost better numbers. I don't yeah. know. I'll look. Marvin Harrison's an amazing player, but the fact that people are putting him in the Heisman race and then not even mentioning Malik Neighbors is wild to me. I, I agree. I agree. Um, the Belitnikov is interesting. And look, the debate here is Marvin Harrison is on a bad offense, bad quarterback. He is kind of their offense. Travian Henderson's back, so you know he's been good. But uh, Marvin Harrison kind of is the offense. Malik is looked at as a byproduct, I think, of Jaden in a lot of ways. Yeah. Whether that's which is unfair, but that's kind of how I think it's perceived. Marvin Harrison is the offense. Malik is uh getting is on the best offense. Yeah, I think it's a fair way to put it. And Marvin Harrison's a great player, but um yeah. Malik certainly will be in that Blitnikoff race. Um, they were on the Maxwell or well, not Max, what is the O line? Joe Moore, Joe Moore Award. Joe Moore. So I guess we keep an eye on that one. There'd be nothing on defense, obviously. Um, I mean, and, I think Michigan or Oregon wins the offensive line award. <clears throat> um, defensively, they're not going to have anything. Yeah, um, defense, nothing. Offense, uh, running back, no. It would take too long to go through all conference, but like, I don't think Mason Taylor is going to be on it this year. We'll see how many offensive linemen get on it. I don't think. Yeah, Jaden Malik Logan and Diggs. Brian will all be first or yeah. second team all conference. Yeah, I don't think Logan Diggs makes it. Um, and yeah. Malik will have a shot at All-American at receiver. For sure. For sure. Um, so Jaden, right. obviously. So all right. We still got like we still got like 12 more shades. So we got all right. Speed race, speed race. Speed race. Uh J87 seems to me like Mason Smith was rounding back into form and getting healthy. Not sure if he logged any stats against Florida, but he seemed disruptive in the second half. Is it all but assured he returns next season? I don't think so. I don't think you can guarantee that. Like I wouldn't be surprised. You could convince me of a world where Makai Wingo comes back and Mason Smith goes pro. Like, 
I wouldn't bank too much on what guys are doing on the field and maybe just what their outlook is on what they want to do next. It, it depends how he tests. It depends how he tests. It depends how he moves. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he tested the waters. Um, but ultimately, I just I can't see it. I can't see it right now. He has a year of not playing and then a year of being injured while he's playing. Like, I just I can't I can't see it. I um I think he needs to come back for another year, but I'm not going to guarantee that. Yeah. So I will not be surprised if it goes the other way. I but I don't know. I have no smoking gun there. It's just my gut telling me and just kind of talking around to people over the years on how things unfold. Yeah. Uh, Andy throws in um, besides turkey, your favorite Thanksgiving dish. Maddie B said he goes cranberry sauce. I've answered this before on the pod, maybe, but uh, Emily makes a great thing like on Thanksgiving, Christmas, a mac and cheese homemade with the, like tin cheeses. So that's what I'm rocking with. That sounds amazing. Uh, there's so many options here: stuffing, mac and cheese. I, I feel like mac and cheese is like the consensus choice, right? I feel like that's the, the most popular one. So I probably I think people like mashed potatoes mashed or some potatoes. sort of green. A lot of people like stuffing. I mean, stuffing's great. Um, yeah, stuffing would be a big answer. Yeah, I don't know. Probably one of those. It depends. It depends what you're who's making it. That's my answer. It depends. Oh, all right. Emily's making it. I'm taking the mac and cheese right there with Shay. Okay. All right. I'll have to get you some. Um, where are we at? Uh, Tiger King 53. Any chance PK keeps Matt House as DC next year? I guess there's always a chance, right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a chance. I, I, I don't know if it's like probability wise, it's not above like 50% to me, but I definitely, I think there's, there's a world where it happens. If they look you know. at this, like imagine if they look at this as a personnel issue, like what, if, like if him and BK are like, this is, we can fix this personnel wise. Like this was a bad fit for X, Y, and Z. Like I, I remember last podcast, I talked about Omar space, not, not fitting in. Like if they think like that type of stuff, if they think, all right, this is how we're going to do things. They have a plan. Maybe, maybe they, they've thought about this already. I, I don't know, but I would say it is more likely that he's not the DC next year. Uh, it's a, and then he said, BK's mentioned lack of depth and experience. He talked about that again today uh, as a reason why the defense has underperformed uh, this year in several press conferences. The sentiment was echoed in a comment during the broadcast against UF when House was quoted as saying that he just doesn't have the personnel to run diamond nickel packages. Uh, I'm concerned, and then he, he's so he's concerned basically that oh, House is going to get the benefit of the exactly doubt. What I'll I said. say this: BK is in every staff meeting, every film review, every defensive staff meeting at this point, and he's been a head coach thirty plus years, and he's got an excellent track record at hiring DCs and some of the most well known guys out there who are now head coaches. I would say that he can determine whether like we'll see what the view is because if Matt House is still here that means that BK views it as not a Matt House issue. I I mean first of all I think he's right he doesn't have the personnel to run dime or nickel packages. Greg when Greg Brooks went down I'm sorry went down but I mean whenever he obviously left the team I think that was in itself too much to overcome for this defense to run nickel or dime packages. They don't have DBs. They don't have safeties that are good. They don't have nickels that can play. I mean, JV and Toviano, if you want to slide him in, they're cool, but that's a freshman. They don't even have corners anymore. They don't have DBs. I I don't know what, like, it, it clearly is a personnel thing to me. Now, again, you're debating, if you're Brian Kelly, how much is personnel, how much 
is coaching and you know people like asking us that question but we're not brian kelly brian kelly has to is getting paid 10 million dollars to make that decision i don't that's a hard one we'll know these answers soon um in a few weeks regular season will wrap up they don't play for an sec championship you've got signing day all those things happening we'll figure out some answers yeah uh brian kelly will bring them for us uh and deliver the the news that from there uh, Tiger Bait 7272. Can we figure out what Jacobian Guillory had as a pregame meal and make sure he has it every every time before a game now? He's a lot of fun to watch Saturday. He was one of the main ones trying to fight folks too before the game. So I would say his pregame meal was Gator. I mean, he was they got after him and then he just kept that same energy all game. Yeah, played uh 25 snaps, which is you know about what we expect from him. Mason Smith played 63 snaps. Uh, Jordan Jefferson 56. He played uh, so, great, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought all of them were, were pretty effective uh, against an offensive line in Florida that's very, you know, kind of shaky. Um, so, yeah, good to see them. They're going to have to play well against AM in a couple weeks to win that game. Uh, outside of uh, – this is from LWT. Outside of Jaden, who are you most impressed with on the team who made the biggest jump for you? Um, I almost feel naturally inclined to pick a receiver, and I think that that's a good thing to do here because they're so productive. But I'll go Brian Thomas. I think that his rise from last year to this year is exactly what this it gave them a le- legit number two receiver. Yeah, I I think it's the, the answer is Brian Thomas. The improvement he's made, um, even from like I obviously in fall camp, like I didn't see him. We didn't see. I remember talking to other people. Is like, hey, is, have we seen Brian Thomas really make many plays? And they're like, no, not really, no. And um, yeah, it's just he's been incredible this season. So I credit to him. Um, who else has improved? I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, Charles Turner. Yeah, but he was he was voted most improved last year. He That's get true. That's true. Double most improved. Yeah. So well, he did win SEC uh, Offensive Lineman of the Week this week. So kudos yeah. to him. Yeah, I mean Brian Tam- Brian Thomas is the right answer. Most improved. Uh, Joe Rowe asked, uh, or excuse me, RHCP93 asked, uh, do we expect Caleb Jackson to get more carries the next two weeks? And now is he number two behind Diggs? I think Josh Williams is going to be number two behind Diggs, especially given this is the end of Josh Williams's career, really, um, yep. being a vet. Uh, the future is for Caleb Jackson, I think. I agree. Um, Brian I Kelly mean, said know. today he's coming along step by step. Yes. Georgia State game, I expect to see plenty of, you know, Caleb Jackson in the second half if they take care of business, and then we kind of go from there. Don't fumble the ball on kickoffs. That'll get Caleb Jackson more playing time. He yes. did not get another touch after that that play. And Georgia State, they'll play Noah Kane, who is a veteran. For you sure. know, so they'll get some of these guys who are at the end of their career some run, not the guys who have a lot of career left, in my opinion. Uh, Joe Rowe, we all like to think of Heisman is a huge boom for the future of the school. Didn't seem like Joe Burrow's Heisman really boosted offensive recruiting in a couple of years after. Correct me if you're wrong on that. What sucked there for LSU is COVID hit. So they did all that in 2019. Three months later, the world shuts down. You're not riding some major momentum. Like that was a bad break for LSU. Uh, He says, if Jaden wins it, do you think it significantly boosts guys wanting to come here? Absolutely. I mean, 100%. 2025 class alone. I mean, if, if yes, correct. You know, if we're just talking about that class, it's, and it's not just Jaden, it's cool. the number one offense in college football from really like week four on. So for yeah. two months, people have been talking about this LSU team that's they don't have a defense, but boy, do they have the best offense in football. Like, yeah, recruits I'm, see that literally. If, if LSU just 
uses it for the 2025 class alone and ends up, you know, doing well in that class offensively, like we, you know, they could potentially do, then it's worth it. It's all worth it. Like if that's the difference to somebody in theory, which I don't know if it is or isn't, I have no clue, but if that's the difference, then yeah, that's, that's the difference. I mean, that's, that's huge. Cause and like you said, the world shut down two months later. Uh, yeah. That year was crazy. So at that point you're having, you're tackling very different obstacles because people couldn't even visit until what summer 21. Yeah. No. And there was, you were playing games in empty stadiums and yeah, it mm -hmm. was, you weren't able to get out on the road and recruit in person. So yeah, that totally, it took away ever all that momentum from a national championship season. Um, but yes, this, this recruiting momentum will carry over from the offense into the 25 class, which is great. Uh, RPMJ asked, uh, where can he buy a John Emery Jersey? He wants to support him uh, for NIL. I'm pretty sure if you go to the LSU sports shop, which they have an online thing, you can make the Jersey of the player or pick which one. And then that would, I mean, you're buying it through LSU. So some of that would go to Emory. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So that would be, if that's how you're trying to do it, uh, that would be my suggestion. Rustin97, will the national media start to admit in the next couple of weeks that it's Jaden as the obvious choice? Or do they, they continue to try to make Nick's Penix happen? I know there's some national, like, you know, people got mad at ESPN for a graphic or Fox where it didn't have Jaden on it. A lot of the national media I'm seeing are pushing for Jaden to be in this conversation. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's just, this isn't a... Uh, the Knicks Penix thing, I think people are worried about the Vegas odds still, which is understandable, but that is more a projection of what if Knicks goes undefeated and, you know, has or our Knicks wins out or if Penix wins out, they have a great chance because they're going to have the team success along with the individual success. Um, at this moment, the national media is pushing Jane Daniels at coming off that game. It's plain and simple. So any 100 percent, it's not the Vegas odds is not the media making those odds. That is a projection from Vegas of what will happen in the next three weeks. Uh, Tiger band 83 um, said, look, he can get totally on board with having to play freshmen or transfers where you have depth issues and you get per poor performance over, a, you know, maybe half the year. Uh, but he said, what happens when you have a year like this, Matty B where you don't see improvement uh, week to week. And maybe one thing to be behind on depth, but isn't it another and, and maybe a far more concerning thing to not have development across the year? I think that's a fair question. I mean, like they knew the hand they were dealt, they've been dealing with it all season. And it's not like we've ever seen them really clamp down like second half first Missouri. The rest of these games are just against teams with bad offenses. Yeah. Um. So the question is, is it, is it fair well, to be concerned with the development on this team? Well, can it, or I, I think he's maybe pointing out, like, hey, can we skip? Is it fair to skip past the, yeah, we have freshmen and transfers and not a lot of depth, and point out that even with that being the case, there hasn't been any difference across. Like, don't you eventually see some development in coaching that it becomes very evident from when you're watching them on Saturday, or does it just remain the same, and it not be a coaching issue? I don't know. I, I go back to how much, I mean, like variety wise in this defense, I just don't know how much they can run like in theory to like really try out different things. And if you're running the same things with personnel that doesn't work, I don't, I don't know how much development you can get from Omar Spates and Greg Penn and Savion Jones and uh, Mason Smith and major Burns and Andre Sam. Like I'm reading these names off. I don't expect 
them to improve individually at this point in their careers. So as a defense, you're kind of expecting, I, I, I guess you're expecting a coach to put them in better situations, but I don't think there's much you can do as a coach when you can't run nickel and dime, like you said, and you can't really get pressure with four. I mean, there's too many questions here. I, I don't know what kind of improvement we want to see from guys that aren't freshmen and sophomores. And those guys don't play enough really. It, I, um, I, I think it's a all. fair question. I don't know ask. if I answered that well at all, but yeah, I think it's a fair question. I think this defense is just such a blend of so many things that you can't put your finger on just one and, and really get a good feel for how much that outweighs the others or how much that plays into it. It's just a combination of bad very often. Uh, and we've seen it in a lot of games. So look, we'll see um, roster wise and coaching wise what they have in a couple of weeks when, uh, really over the next month when guys decide to, to leave or sign with LSU and the coaching staff becomes solidified with whatever changes he wants to make, uh, being Brian Kelly. Uh, okay, we got a few more here. I'll try to roll through them. Uh, Russell DeBeau, who manages transfer portal roster management stuff since Brian Pullian moved on. Is that Frank and all field staff, some mix? Is it a GM role? Sorry if this is a recruiting pod question. He's just been curious. It's a good question. I think it's that's fair for this one. It is. Uh, Will Redman is their director of player personnel, so he would help oversee stuff like roster management, transfer portal, but it would be like anything starting from the top with Brian Kelly, and Kelly talked about that today. Uh, I asked him about managing the portal this year, and he said, look, we've already got the strategy. It's We're going so heavy on high school and retaining players that – we're only going to pick players out of the portal now that aren't so much depth pieces, but more do if we lose a starter, like a Malik neighbors, I want another starter. You know, you want a Keon Coleman, you want a Trey Harris, you want to, you want yep. someone who comes in and isn't just like, Oh, he's promising and we can develop him. No, that's what they want to do with high school guys. Portal. He wants to use for, all right, do we need an immediate replacement at this position? Well, let's get somebody who's equally as good as that person, if not better. So um, I would say it's a staff effort from the top down. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Shay for by far the best question at the press conference. I thought that was a wonderful question. So, round of applause. BK said that. Yeah, he he said good. He said good question, but I thought it was a great question. Great question, Shay. I was just curious, man. Well, with with all these firings, all of these kids already hit the portal. That the portal window. If your head coach gets fired, your portal window opens immediately. So we've already seen A and M and Mississippi State guys hitting the portal. Yeah. Um, with a couple firings and keep an eye on what happens at Arkansas. It could be a wild uh, couple months ahead uh, on the coaching carousel in the SEC. Uh, where are we at here? Um, uh, Tiger Rev with firing season underway. Your top three candidates for LSU new DC. Um, well, I'll save that for when they have to go find a new DC. For yeah, me. You can't, yeah, we can't give away a content pot, a pot on the content. That's going to be uh whole podcast if that it does happen he doesn't want to waste any more generational talent he said so he wants a, a dc he, he's not believing in madhouse at the moment so there you go we uh we shall see like i said God, kelly has said it he has said after the regular season ends i will address i'll do a deep dive into my staff and i will address it all from there so if something goes down we will have a hot board right up um and get after it from there um, LSU Lawyer 24 is ESPN, CBS actively conspiring against JD5 Heisman with that 11 a.m. kickoff. No, I don't think so. Uh, the SEC sets all that uh, with them, and the SEC would want Jaden to win the Heisman. Um, I think Oregon plays at 11 a.m. too. Hey, maybe 
gives people a chance to watch him first thing. Kicks off the day with Caden putting up monster numbers, and then everyone talks about it the rest of the day instead of his game ending at 11 at night, and they're talking about it on SportsCenter at midnight or whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm He's talking about the Texas A&M game, obviously. Being at yeah, that's right. I mean, the Iron Bowl is always going to be 2.30, and then – I guess I don't know what the other options were. I guess you pick like Georgia, pick, Georgia, Georgia Tech might be I'm on ABC. At now. That Georgia, night. Georgia Tech's on ABC. Florida, Florida State's on ESPN. I mean, would you rather have Florida, Florida State, or LSU A and M? I'd probably go Florida, Florida. Well, State. and or do you want to play at night on the SEC Network or SEC Network Plus or some like? Hey, at least get on a prime network and get it at 11 a.m. And look, if he if they blow them out and he puts up monster numbers, then they're talking about him all day long on the final day of the regular season. That could set up well for him. Honestly, the best game of the entire SEC slate is probably like best game is probably Louisville, Kentucky. And that is still TBD. So that is interesting to me. Hanging it out there. The flex. Um, he also asked about it. Look, we'll talk about all these LSU job openings once they happen. Um, he was just que- questioning again for a top three. I don't, I would have to dig. I wouldn't be able to sit here and give you three guys and just be like, oh, these guys are all going to be great. I'd want to dig into. Like, it'd be easy to be like, oh, go get Will Muschamp from Georgia. Like, he's obviously been, you know, it's a coordinator just, before. And, like, it's just, I'd yeah, want to dig mean, any. I'd want to dig in. Yeah, it's just ideal. I mean, I don't know. Matt House, his, you look at his resume when they hired him. I mean, that, that that's what you want, right? That, that's a guy who was leading a top 10 defense in the country for a couple years at Kentucky um, and then went to the NFL and, you know, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. Like, resume-wise, you're not going to get much better than Matt House. That's what I'll say. Again, I don't think we'll they keep see. him, but we'll see. Kelly will make this decision in a few weeks. We won't have to wait long to see what uh, the future holds, if it's staying or going. Um, Holy Bull, two more. Uh, how do you feel about Buddy Sanji? Uh, is it, I think it was it was actually Scooter Hobbs. I'm pretty sure asking Brian Kelly if Florida spied Daniels. Uh, do you feel it was a load? Did you feel how loaded that question was? I thought it was great. So, Holy Bull means was it a loaded question? Like why didn't you spy Milrow a week ago? I guess you could. You're... No, did you see the uh, very beginning of the press conference with BK? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where where he goes? Where he was? He just asked him. He's like. Did Florida spy Jaden Daniels? Yeah, that's or what I'm no. talking about. Oh, okay, I thought you brought up Milrow. I thought you were talking about the Alabama game. No, he. So, but he said, did, "Did you feel how loaded that question was?" Meaning, like, why didn't y'all? I don't. I. I think people thought it was like, "Why didn't y'all spy Milrow?" Holy Bull is killing us. I don't know. But no, here's what was great about that. Scooter just said, "Did Florida use a spy tonight?" And BK thought he meant. Like Connor Stallions, I could tell he meant like oh. Michigan type spy because BK answered. He just looked at me and goes, I have no clue. And then everybody's like, What do you mean you have no clue if they spied him or not? But I think Kelly, because he just goes, Did they use a spy? And I think he immediately thought, like, Are you oh. mean like a Connor? Yeah. And he was just like, yeah. I've is it have no idea. Stealing I don't know. Did I, it was almost Brian Kelly was like, Did I miss something? What happened? I have no idea. <laughs> But yeah, I think that he didn't realize what Scooter was asking. But uh, that was a funny way. Did Florida spy Daniels? If they did, they didn't do very well. And if they used a spy, they didn't do very well either. I I should, yeah, I don't know. All right, last one. Last one. D Tiger. Right now, BK split the D line coaching into outside linebacker and DL, 
and the DB into cornerback and safety with potential changes next year. Do you think BK condenses any of these positions and instead hires a special teams coach? Um, you could always do that. If you are condensing those positions, it's more popular to condense edge and D-line. Um, a lot of people now go cornerback and safety in separate rooms, especially when you've got nickels involved who are then yeah. practicing with safeties. So it's not a lot of people have just a straight-up DB coach anymore. Um, so I would say if they do condense a position down, it's usually D-line and edge. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll just say, I mean, it's not really up to BK. It's whoever the defensive coordinator is next year and how they, the scheme they run and, you know, the emphasis they have, obviously in Madhouse defense, the Jack plays a significant role in different, in a variety of different ways. So he wanted that. And obviously if Harold Perkins is playing outside linebacker, then you really have a Jack and a Sam. So that makes the outside linebacker job very important. If you're running a, you know, three, four defense, then yeah, you have to have outside linebackers coaches. If you have, the traditional whatever three three five or something and you have five dbs on the field then you probably need to split it up but um yeah that's up to whoever the defense coordinator is next year we will see uh once the season ends what they do there all right um we got through it i was curious what uh the after a big win what the questions would be and i, I was right on Jaden. i did not realize we were going to still get a million dc questions maybe that was probably the most dc questions we've gotten all year um and it was lot. after a win not even a loss it was a lot it was a lot it was a lot um but yeah that's it um i think this might be the record right now one minute or one hour nine minutes i think you oh, left no, it open one, too long we might did 115 at a, at a point i only it was not open that long but yeah it, nah, well they were eager I, they were eager yeah people um all right look. hey look shout out to everyone for asking questions though and we've had a ton of new people sign up for the bengal tiger and on three it's a dollar TheBengalTiger.com. We've got recruiting stuff rolling every day. We've got team stuff rolling every day. Uh, business is booming, Matty B. We've been having fun over there uh, with the yeah. fam. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about before, I, was, I mean, the mailbag is a prime example here. I left it open for like an hour and 15 minutes, and we got 40 replies or whatever it was. Um, the, the message board has been going crazy. It's been awesome. The engagement has been very good. So thank you to all of you. Like Shay said, subscribe to the Bengal Tiger on $3 for – uh, the first month so get you through football season and into uh almost all the way to to early signing day right i mean yeah at this point to early signing day almost so, so yeah uh or when is early signing day? i thought it was like the 20th uh, middle of december right around now month yeah, away so so yeah anyway subscribe uh there uh subscribe to the youtube channel if you haven't already we appreciate everybody for watching listening uh and leave us five star rating and review uh, on Apple and Spotify. Shout out to y'all as well. So we will be back. Um, Shay and Billy will have their recruiting podcast as always. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll be in uh, Charleston covering the basketball team. See if they can get some wins. Let's get it. Let's get Oh, and uh, Matty B, I talked to uh, Sheldon from The Advocate today. He will not be there. He'll be at the LSU game. So Matty B, you may be the only LSU media in attendance. He did it. There you go. Repping it for the Bengal Tiger. There you go. I'm just going to sit there with the microphone and just hold it and be like, all right, Matt. And we're just going to go through like six straight questions. Uh oh, yeah. You're just, just going to be you and Matt McMahon afterwards, a one on one following Matt on Matt. Matt on Matt. The Matt and Matt show heading, Matt. To, uh, heading to Charleston. What's the rundown on that for the basketball fans? How many games are they guaranteed? Uh, guaranteed three. Um, they'll play uh, the first game Thursday. Um, afternoon i believe it's 2 30 uh against dayton win or lose 
Um, we'll see they play on Friday, but then on Friday, same thing in the afternoon. And then Saturday, they have the day off, and Sunday is the last game. I won't be there on Sunday, but yeah, we'll see. That'll be fun. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, we'll be back later in the week, and um, hope everybody has a great day.